Hello and welcome to the 3T RPG podcast. My name is Harrison Hunt and with me is Nick Manley. Oops, up, side your head. And of course, we've got James Clark here. Hello. This is an RPG podcast all about tabletop RPGs and today we've got one hell of a show for you. But before we get into it, let's talk about Dark Armies, right? Because specifically, we've got one which you can join at patreon.com forward slash 3T RPG podcast. And of course, I'd like to thank Julian Burnick, Ace Beeler, Jason Duncan and Ryan Wahab who all pledge at the Devil King level over at Patreon. But we have tiers there for all shapes and sizes, so join the Dark Army now. But today, as I've said, we've got a the show of a lifetime, I'm going to call it, right? Because we've got feedback. We got the news, the RPG news. We got what you slaying. We got the main subject where we are going to talk about. Well, we're going to make our own setting from scratch in under an hour. <laughs> yeah, and then we've got electro letters followed by our award-winning outro. Shall we do some feeded back? Let's feed the back. Mm, yes. The feedback side. The feedback side. Yes, bitch. The feedback side. It's the feedback section. Yeah, we take your comments and read them out. Yeah, feedback, bitch. So, we released our new actual play and things have gone into fucking stellar. The fans have been praising us with the ferocity of a baboon. (laughs) And I want to say a big thank you for listening to all the new people as well. It's great to have all you new guys and girls on board. Um, I'm going to read out a few of the feedbacks we've received um, now. In addition to being retweeted by Merkborg on Twitter, despite using the C word extensively in the episode <laughs> Johan Noor who's the artist and graphic designer for Merkborg said I love this the production is terrific oh yes alright oh yes and if oh, there's any yes. that, if there's anyone who knows about production it's that bloke <laughs> or woman I don't yes. know um, there's another one that comes in from Vido from Reddit. He says, This is one of the most well produced APs I've ever listened to. The voices were terrific and the gallows humour was great too. I've got to say, I think James James specifically, your voice I think it's got a lot of the lady listeners. They're uh, you know, they're having a good time, let's they're put it that it. way. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. They're no longer dry. <laughs> oh god. So, j- so James, just like give a little message in character to all the ladies out there. Hello there. All, all the ladies out there, I would like you to listen to our actual play. <laughs> Do it today. Don't forget, nice. to, don't forget to mention me, my lord. Yes, him too. It's the ASMR segment with, uh, with Torn. He's like, okay, you want a haircut? <laughs> right, let's get the snippies out. Snippies. <laughs> Snippies. Um, but my favourite feedback, it comes in from somebody called Alec Hedwig. He says, I started listening at work and immediately thought about how much my wife would love it too. Fast forward to tonight as I prep my next session in my notebook and she's getting crafty as we both listen and laugh. This is fantastic. Thanks a ton. Wow. The reason I like this fe- feedback so much is because he listens to it with his wife. Mm. I, I don't think my wife has ever listened to more than 30 seconds of this podcast, and she's married to me, who made it. So, so that same. pisses me off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we better have a word. Yeah, exactly. I can, I can best you on that. My girlfriend's listened to one of our actual plays so far. And Just wh- one episode. And went, ugh. So, uh, so what we're saying is so we sort of like battle of the wives here. Your one is the best one. Is that what we're saying? <laughs> 
that's it. Is that what, is Take that, it is down. That, is that what this is? Yeah, th- I don't know. We, this right. podcast has now become. We're going to try and. Well, what we'll do eventually is we'll sort of start up a skirmish. We'll put them in the ring. <laughs> well, I was going to say start up a skirmish game using Savage Worlds and get them all to fight each other. We make them as characters, which is going to be <laughs> that's a, great it's be a bit awkward because we'll we'll have to give them hindrances, you know. Oh. Like, <laughs> one, one hindrance married to Nick oh, another hindrance oh, yeah. married to Harrison very good um, <laughs> quirk that's, that's talks that's too that. fucking much <laughs> well that sounds like fun I think we need to do that it says that it's otherwise called divorce the game um, divorce the game yeah <laughs> We can make it a wrestling game. Mm-hmm. Don't. Sorry. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> you got a bit too excited then. One of my favourite. One of my favourite feedbacks. So came in. We've started a new YouTube series. Uh, the famous Ham Flanderson. <laughs> oh, oh Ham um, Flanderson. Yep. Yes, mate. That's took years trying to break that deal, but we've broken that deal, should I say? But we finally pulled it off. And Ham yeah. has actually started, he took years making the video, obviously. It's ooh, a review ooh. of Dungeons and Dragons, and I think one of the best reviews out there. But we had a bit of feedback from a guy on YouTube who simply said, this was like having a stroke. <laughs> 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 Lactose not tolerant. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'll, put a, I'll actually put a clip of that in here now. Fourth edition was not good, but fifth edition is good, which is why I like it. I also like it because I can be a cat person and I can do a sex on another cat person, but my mum told me I wasn't to think about that stuff anymore after she found my private drawings under my bed, which she shouldn't be looking at actually anyway. Yeah, go and listen to go and watch that that YouTube series. It's on our YouTube channel, and of course we post all the podcasts on there as well, but we're going to start having Ham do regular segments for us, so... So yeah, subscribe, all right? But his agent let us know that he's finally, uh, his diary's finally got a bit of space, so we've locked him in for some regular um, regular stuff now, so that's good. We've locked him oh. up for some regular yeah. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Which is Old quite ham. similar to his childhood, actually. Um, yeah. Anyway, that is it for feedback this time. Uh, thank you very much for all the li- new listeners and the great feedback on the actual play. I appreciate it. And if you haven't listened to that, now go and do it, okay? All right? Do it, because we're proud of it. And uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's really good, I think. All right, let's do some news. So the biggest, the biggest piece of news that sort of came out uh, within the last couple of weeks. I mean, it's kind of old news now, but Tracy Hickman and Margaret Weiss are suing Wizards of the Coast slash Hasbro, and the deal with this is, is that so they originally wrote the sort of Dragonlance uh, campaign setting and all of the uh, all of the books, the novels, mm. which people are familiar with. And uh, and sort of, it's a big money maker for Wizards of the Coast, right? And with their new, most recent contract, what it was is they'd just been contracted to write a bunch more novels, right? And they were making mad buck off of this, like just mad money, Margaret and yeah. Tracy. And in the end, what happened was is that because of today's sort of political sort of spectrum, people were looking at the old Dragonlance novels and saying, you know, that they're, they're some of them aren't politically correct, things like this, and that they mm. need more representation in them. So their contracts kind of with the publishing company who are publishing the books and Wizards who are sort of overseeing the whole thing, they said to them that okay, so they can write the novels, but if any changes come ahead, they'll have to change it and rewrite the novels. What happened was is that the the publishing company essentially in the contract said that they would have to authorize any changes and authorize any edits, 
and in the end they decided to scrap the whole project, which would be a breach of contract because they were supposed to write like 10, 10 novels or something like this. And in the end, so what they did is they asked for a change and then decided not to actually reread it and edit it, therefore putting Margaret and Tracy in a deadlock, um, disallowing them any money and oh. sort of not going ahead. So they basically just didn't approve the changes that they'd made. Um, as a result, Tracy Hickman and Margaret Weiss are suing them for $10 million. Oh. Yeah. Well, uh, I think what they want is is you're supposed to sue for half the amount you want as a settlement. So what they really want is $5 because that's like a 10-year contract or something like this. Right. Um, yeah, so this is the sort of people we're dealing with, with Wizards of the Coast. But... I know this is kind of old news, but go and watch... Uh, there's a Dungeon Craft video on it sort of uh, explaining the whole thing. But that's basically where we're at here because, they, yeah, essentially they just found almost a loophole in the contract to not pay them and not continue with any of the production. That's well shitty. It's terrible. And the thing about it is is that, okay, Wizards could release another Dragonlance novel and it would sell a little bit, but another one written by these two people who are like superheroes in this fucking genre and made the fucking setting... Yeah is a big fucking deal. So they could probably sell loads, at least on the first one. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But they've just really shot themselves in the foot. It's, it's stupid. Utterly stupid. But the next bit of news, um, Bobby Evans digs a hole and jumps in it. <laughs> so this isn't really like huge, huge news, right? But obviously it involves Bobby Evans and he's done something fucking stupid. And it, it, unfortunately, this is mildly political. But um, so here's what happened. He released a video on his YouTube channel, and it's gone viral, and it's for the wrong reasons, right? But the re- what happened was, is on his YouTube, um, he says, I'll no longer be working Ooh. with Pinnacle. I'm really sad to announce. He's never worked with Pinnacle. <laughs> he never has. He reviews their products on a really bad YouTube show. That's what he does, right? <laughs> we could say we work with all sorts of people, then, if that's the... Uh... I'm no longer working with Wizards of the Coast, okay, guys? All right, since this Margaret and Tracy thing, I'm just, I'm fucking... We're not working with them anymore. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, um... I'm no longer working with Paizo. Yeah, exactly. Are you not? Are you not? Are you not, James? No. But but you've read Pathfinder, which counts as working with them. Yeah, yeah, I own some of their material, so... Right, Bobby? Well, you know, being a a Chaosium uh, shareholder, because I have two books, um, (laughs) you know, I I, I just want to... (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm a shareholder because I've got their books and I share them with my mates, all right? Yeah, I yeah. share them. I share the experience. So, but the the, the <laughs> sort of crux of Bobby Evans' video, what, what it was was that uh, Pinnacle, who makes Savage Worlds, have uh, released some artwork that you can use in your Savage Worlds Adventurers Guild products, right? And one of cool. them was labelled as Asian Wizard, right? Which obviously was a sort of label put on there so that you could put a, a wizard in your game or use it as a character and they can be from Japan, from Thailand and it can be, it's broad so it can be from multiple backgrounds. Bobby Evans perceived mm-hmm. the words Asian as being racist and said he'll no longer be working with Pinnacle and he turned off all comments on his videos and uh, as a result somebody posted them on the official Savage Worlds Facebook group and it went mental and now his videos are <laughs> one of the most viewed Savage Worlds videos ever <laughs> and what was interesting is that I went uh, I was reading a lot of the comments going through all of this stuff and it was mostly Asian people saying yes yeah, saying Asian isn't racist saying it's racist that's racist so it was a bit yeah, yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah. true yeah 
Yeah, I mean, I I, I get it because there was a lady from Thailand who who was in the comments there, and she kind of said, you know, I'd prefer it if rather than being sort of generic, they would make you know a Thai wizard and specifically tie it to you know um, Thai occultism and things like this, you know, like um, have the the yeah, proper yeah. outfits, mm-hmm. the types of spells, and I get that. Um, I think though, what, what they have to remember is the intent was that they were trying to be inclusive, right? They were trying to make things yeah, so, so that yeah, people yeah. could play people of different backgrounds. And I think that's a good move. That's a nice thing to do. And if yeah. anything, Savage Worlds are probably one of the most conscious um, games and, and developers out there. So uh, yeah, definitely. Bobby Evans definitely. is one of these people that he, he wants to look for things to complain about. And this yeah. was just one, one such video. And I just think it was really... Well, he's a, he's a massive clickbaiter. That's what it is. That's what it is. James, you're Asian and often at our games, just for sake of ease, because we got two Jameses there, we'll offer, we, we might say Asian James. I don't, but other people say it. But it's not racist. It's just yeah. you You are that. I mean... It, yeah. I mean, we've we've done it the opposite way around. We're sitting there and we're like white James. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what Wait, we should start doing. racist, isn't it? We're Caucasian James. James. Caucasian James, that's it. <laughs> it's, too, it's too much of a mouthful. Yeah. We'll just call you James and yeah. other James. There we go. There you go. Um, yeah. we got two Better other James bits of news is, shut is up alright it's over right we're moving <laughs> on alright okay sorry right left right okay right so alright alright okay. Critical Role starts publishing company oh no and that's all we need to say on that really <laughs> yeah okay good good then um, yeah I mean I, I don't, I don't, I'm not entirely sure what they're making yet I assume it's going to be linked to their actual plays and stuff so whatever good luck to them alright good luck to them okay alright yeah, good luck. Um, yeah, luck. The last bit of news, though, this is fucking, this is fucking amazing, right? Because there's a new setting coming out in the Malkborg family of products called Cyborg. Oh yeah, <laughs> mate. The artwork for it is is phenomenal. It's, it looks tame. It's insane. They've somehow managed to translate the sort of minimal um, black metal look to a cyberpunk future with a couple of like sort of um, yeah. uh, those neon colours. It's like black metal but yeah. glitch. And um, yep. all we know about it so far is that they've that they've posted on their Facebook that fucking image. And what was fucking cool about it is if you know your black metal history, um the the uh, sort of mayhem and uh, the, the, specifically a guy called Euronymous owned a store in um in Norway called Helvetta, which is the Nor Nor Norwish for um uh for hell. And if you look closely on that mm-hmm. image of Cyborg and you zoom into his, his gun, it's got a little bar on the side of the gun that says Hell Vetter. So it says Hell 100%. So it's a Hell gun. Yes. yes. Nice. They don't hang around, do they, the Mork Borg boys? Exactly. Um, yeah, so that's all we know so far. They've posted an image, but fuck, I'm excited. Because if they do oh, as mate. well with this one as they did their other product, it's going to be fucking amazing. A really dark yeah. cyberpunk. I feel like they're kind of, um, they're going to be sort of taken over big time. If they keep it up, I feel like they're going to be like uh, an even, you know, they're going to be a main name for many people. I, I, I have to agree. I mean, the the amount of traction they got last year, if they keep up and keep keep on with these really decent, you know, uh, comprehensive products, I, I, I agree completely. We, we could easily see them sort of being the next, you know, Wizards mm-hmm. of the Coast. Um, hopefully, <laughs> I hope. But better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're not going to start, you know, drawing up dodgy contracts. Unless they do, <laughs> you know, a, we don't doing know. A, doing a Grant Shaftesbury on them, yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, and nobody's going to know what that means. But that is nope. it for news, boys. <laughs> um, so, yeah, some good, some bad, mostly bad. Mostly bad news this time. It's funny because... Oh, shit. 
Sorry, guys. Oh, he's fallen. Oh, Harrison sound like he fell. I can just, assure, I can I assure said, you, oh, I did. Shit. I did not fall. That was me. That was my phone falling out my pocket and onto the floor. Yeah. <laughs> Close enough. Yeah. Um, but but yeah. So let's let's get on to what we've been playing and what you're saying, shall we? Yeah. What you slaying? Tasty. James, you gotta stop with these noises. It's like it's it's too sexual. It's too erotic, mate. It's too early for this eroticism. It's ten in the morning on a Sunday. We can't deal with it. It's God's day. (laughs) (laughs) It's God's. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we've been continuing our old school essentials game. All right. That's it. Yeah. All right. Have a, have a good to see you later. <laughs> good night. Anyway, um, yeah. So, so long story short, uh, the, we're, the characters in this game—they're they're sort of long surviving characters of a previous campaign where their world sort of ended, and now they've ended up on a science fantasy world where it's so far past an apocalypse that humanity has started again, and it's gone back to tribalism. But the, you know, the artifacts of the ancient ones, as in our civilization, can be found all over the place, and people worship them, and things like this. So it's science fantasy, and um, basically, the whole crux of this campaign is that uh, many of the tribes' people, specifically as well the ones uh, of the players' tribe, have been being kidnapped in the night by these people in hazmat suits that, that the tribes call the rubber men. And um, these rubber men have been taking them, taking their blood, doing experiments on them, things like this. And the party have all decided that they're going to make a trek across the uh, the jungle of this purple planet and take some of their gold and try to uh, bargain with who they call the rubber men and try to just give them some money to leave them alone. And the party have now got their own UFO. They've got a bunch of laser weaponry. Um, They've got loads and loads of shit, right? And they're mutated all over the place. James, for example, your character, the runaway priest who is a bard, is um, he's got a giant head which gives him minus two AC. Oh yeah, Nick. Nick, your character—he—he—he he, he shrunk to a tiny size. <laughs> we shrunk, yeah, shrunk down. So we, yeah, we got like you know, everyone's all fucked up and weird. One character's got one of the characters got three breasts. Six actually, he's got three three pairs. I was just six breasts, which is actually a good mutation because it means that he gets one ration of food a day from his own. <laughs> oh, so fucking disgusting. It's not nice, is it? But this, um, the mutations are taken are taken pretty much straight from Mutant Cruel Classics. Um, a lot of this stuff is, in fact, uh, a lot of the artifacts are from MCC. Mm-hmm. A lot of the monsters you fight, all of this stuff. Um, and because it's um, OSR, you know, I can combine the two. But yeah, so the guys are kind of on their way to meet with the Rubber Men, and it's this huge technologically advanced city that these guys are operating around with a with a huge um, you know wall around the side. They don't let any mutants in, and people go out in hazmat suits and take them. Um, and I kind of thought that the guys were going to fly their UFO over, try and open up communications with the rubber men in the city, which is called the Spindle, right? Because it's got this giant citadel which reaches into the clouds, so it looks like a needle. Mm-hmm. I thought they were going to open up communications, you know, say, look, we've got some gold for you to us to leave us alone. But what they did is they sort of snuck in, and I was like, oh yeah, this is n- this is no way to open up. A conversation, you know, we had two of the party trying to dig under the wall. Well, one of them was in a in a full on chase with a bunch of the rubber men, like the officers and that, chasing him through the streets of this futuristic 
like lone city in this horrible wasteland while another one was sort of skulking through the city hiding in the shadows and so we sort of had a three-way split of the party as soon as they got into the fucking city and when they were trying to meet up you know two of them went into an apartment killed the owner of the apartment while he was trying to go for a piss one of them was sneaking through the streets james's character hid in a pile of fruit in the middle of the market and they only realized he was there because people started doing perception rolls and they just see some eyes sort of peeking out of a pile of fruit and winking at him <laughs> yeah and a little bouffant <laughs> yeah it was it was fucking mental it was, it, was, it was crazy yeah i mean that session I literally just threw my notes out straight away because the stuff you guys were doing was insane. I mean, we eventually they all met up within the city as fugitives, you know, and it, it was crazy. They they was they were in this flat, you know, and then they were trying to go into people's flats stealing hazmat suits, that, rubber so suits. That they could, yeah, it was looking for ru- yeah. rubber suits. Yeah, and it ended up with well, you know one one of the characters, this character called Grant, he's a barbarian. He burst into this poor woman's apartment. She's sitting there, you know, in a towel. Um, watching tv and i sort of i said that you guys because i thought that will deter him from doing anything stupid it's just an innocent woman in a towel and immediately he leaps on her pins her to the ground puts his hand over her mouth and he's gone give me the fucking suits it's awful where's the suits (laughs) james what did your character do then well he walked in saw that you know there's two people on top of this woman and then he just walked out yeah, he just goes nope and went back downstairs nope. to their apartment. Yeah, it was yeah, it yeah. was there's some real bad stuff going on. Anyway, like it was a pretty cool scene, even though it wasn't wasn't one I planned for at all. But it was pretty cool because these guys were fugitives in a city where anyone could see them as a suspect, and they were doing their best to sort of, you know, uh, to try to get get basically to the spindle, this big building right in the middle, and have a word with the guy that owns it. Uh, I'm going to sort of cut the story short and just say eventually they did make it, and they found out that the guy is got he's basically got to get two other substations that are linked to that one onto online to sort of a fantasy version of the internet and once he does so uh, nano machines can use the energy of the planet to rebuild their civilization as it used to be but it's going to kill all the tribes it's going to reset the earth as it were and he wants these guys yeah. to help mm-hmm. them uh, bring those two substations online um and yeah that's basically where we're at so we kind of stopped the game there and had it so Okay, maybe... Uh, dilemma time. Dilemma time. Let's chat about it on the Facebook group. Let's chat about it. Some people are saying, right, we accept. We just ask the guy for the information as to where the substations are, then destroy them so that so that they can't destroy this world as, as uh, similar technology did on their last world. And some people are saying, no, maybe we do it. You know, we can, we can uh, you know, have a massive civilization again, things like this. But yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a bit of a, a nature versus science thing. Yeah, it is. It is. It's pretty decent. I like how it's sort of the way it started. It was proper desolate and just nasty, creepy, like gross and mutaty. And then we just happened across this massive city where like everything's hustle bustle. Well, it's kind of it's kind of still you know horrible and desolate. But it just so happens that there's that one city that are trying to sort of rebuild humanity that is still there. And you know, I thought it was. I I don't know. I thought it'd be a kind of fun twist i think other things have done similar things like old novels and stuff but i just i thought mm. this is this is a nice opportunity and it sort of explains you know it gives you a bad guy and then now the bad guys want you to work for them and the the big thing is, is they'll say if you if you if you help us do this you'll be kings in our new civilization so yeah 
We'll we'll see. We'll see. I like I liked I liked the bit when Grant uh, rolled really well when he was like, we we're god killers, mate. And he and then the bloke's like like had to take a second thought about think about it. He was like, what? Yeah, because <laughs> this, basically uh... the only reason this guy now wants them on side, he was just going to imprison you, is because one of the characters gave this incredible speech. It was amazing. He was just like, mate, yeah. you don't even know who the fuck I am. I've done things you couldn't even dream about, son. I've killed gods, so don't you fuck with me. And he gave this big speech, and I was like, yeah. even still, I think you should just roll for it. And he rolled, and he gets a crit, and the guy's the guy suddenly pauses. This leader of this crazy civilization, he he pauses, and he's like, well, you know, um, you know, maybe we could uh, we could work together, you and I. But then suddenly, the other three characters bowl in, and uh, one of them's got fruit on his head. It was fun, man. It was fun, and um, yeah. So, so we'll see sort of the aftermath of that in the in the next session. We're mm. obviously in lockdown two at the moment, uh, you know, and uh, as a result, we're playing online. But I have to say, I'd, I'll get your yeah. guys' thoughts on this. One of the things I've been doing is using the ICRPG method, and uh, even when we're not in combat, just going around the table and seeing what everyone's doing. And I think it's actually working a little better for online. It is um, for online. It's it's quite good just because. Um, it's a good setup, uh, as in, like, you know, we know that it's going to be turn taking, um, so to speak. But you know, someone can also be always be like, oh, can I be doing that with you? And then that sort of happens or stuff like that. But, yeah, exactly. If somebody wants to jump in, I'll yeah. allow them. Um, but yeah, do you know what? It's it's because um, obviously we're we're not really using um, a, a virtual tabletop, are we at all? We're just literally logging in on on our phones through Discord and, and having quite a casual rolling real dice type game. Mm. And I was thinking. If you're if you want to play an online game and you want all the bells and whistles and you and, and that is that your primary way of playing, then virtual tabletops are fantastic and it does all the fun stuff and all the automation to make it more interesting. If you're substituting a table game because you're in a bit of a jam and you'd rather play something than you know not play at all, then I think the way we're doing it is really good because you still really have that kind of table feel but you're but you are playing online at the time at the time you know because we have the freedom of it because it's like you know um at the table you can stand up walk into another room still hear what's going on and sort of like you know quickly pick something up or munch something but um when you're on the computer you're tied to your computer because you're just like right i can't be back i just need to uh just grab a drink but whilst we're on our phones we just we can just walk it out um, and then sort of grab a, a drink, but still be completely immersed in the game. Yeah, I, I agree, and um, you know it's still it's, especially now people are working all day on a computer. We kind of wanted to do it this way to get away from from the the annoyance yeah. of people having to look at a computer again for another four hours in the evening. And I think it's working. Yeah. And like you say, I think it substitutes the table game better because we're doing all theatre of the mind. And as a result, all it is mm-hmm. is just we're, we're rolling as we normally would, which is fun. And we're just yeah. we're, it's just like playing a table game. And, and going around and doing the turns yeah. means people don't have to wait for their fucking turn. So if you're playing a game out there and you're playing online and you've moved your table game, I, I agree with Nick. Like, just try this method out and maybe pick up ICRPG because mm-hmm. it's full of great tips like that. Mm. Um, yeah, and, definitely. Uh, yeah, yeah, give that a try. I think the best feedback um, mm-hmm. from this setup was from Ryan when he, um, because he has basically a really bad home setup for working and then doing the game is, as well on the computer is really stressful for him. But he said that the, um, he loves it because he's there on his phone with his headset on and he said he was, at one point he was just laying on his bed with his eyes shut just enjoying the game as opposed to you know mm, visualizing up, yeah 
hunched over his laptop trying to you know yeah do this that and the other so yeah i think that's the best feedback also another sort Agreed. of streamlining thing is i've got everyone's sheets printed out keeping them on an oh, online yeah. dock and i have all of them in front of me so there's never any confusion those idiots at the table who you have to point out where shit is on their sheet constantly yeah. and harrison can roll like, for us um as well and the bennies yeah yeah and you yeah. track the bennies for us as well yeah so i keep all, all bennies uh, re-roll tokens on people's sheets and just and and then also somebody needs to roll and i say roll wisdom instead of going roll wisdom and waiting for them to find it i'll just say it's just a d20 plus one and then you roll it simple yes mate. Yeah. but yeah it's good it's working yes um but the other thing we played obviously we played Merkborg for the actual play um you can you can yeah. hear how much we enjoyed that if you just go and listen to it but um yeah <laughs> let's just get your guys's thoughts on it nick um how did you enjoy it now you've actually played the system oh it's cracking it's really really good i i, I thought it would be to be honest with you um you know you get you read a book and you get a feel for it and uh, yeah it's, it's just lived up to what i thought it would be the uh i love the darkness because it it, it you know you can you've got all the darkness and all the um I don't know, just the the tone there, and then you can just do what you like with it. So obviously, we inserted a little bit of dark humour into it, and I think it still works. It's it's versatile as hell, and it's cracking. Yeah, and uh, uh, the thing that I I kind of liked about it was the uh, it's just sort of dealing with low damage, and that never really changes. Yeah. So the grittiness stays. It's not like you're going to get to a point where yep. you have fifty HP. Um, it's it's a gritty fucking game, and uh, yeah, we I think we kind of did that justice. But J- James, how about you? I do. Did you enjoy uh, playing it? Oh yeah, completely. I do like the yeah, the, everything being quite low ball in that is is pretty astounding because it um it does what we liked about um DCC and it gives you a uh, mortality rate is quite high. So it makes you it it gives you fear. But the fact that you're dealing with low numbers completely it's just like it gives you fear but you know that there's like a really good chance <laughs> of everything that's going on it's yeah. it's just got a real nice feel to it the whole game doesn't it yeah oh yeah yeah it does because it's 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 no bullshit and it's all it's all fur coat and all knickers at the same time um I oh, felt yeah. like and um, bravo with the uh bravo with the ca- bravo with the character james kettler he's uh he's fantastic <laughs> <laughs> cheers buddy can't catch me you bitch <laughs> 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 but I liked um, one of my favourite lines in the whole thing was uh, obviously I-, I won't spoil the actual situation but Je- you, for M- Merkborg one of the things you kind of do is um, the characters are almost differentiated by the little random things you roll when you create them um, occult herb masters are sort of the one um, exception to this because they have the whole potion mechanic mm-hmm. so James's character he's playing wretched royalty and at first I was kind of dubious about having a talking weapon because we kind of had that in one of our other campaigns but I looked <laughs> at the list of all of the things that wretched royalty can get um, and you know they're, they're all talking you can have a talking horse nice yes. um, loads of different things so James has got a talking sword right um, which is cool it's a family heirloom with his uncle uh, in in uh, imbued into the sword <laughs> and um, also he's got a uh, dagger called the snakeskin gift and the cool thing about this is if you roll damage and it comes up a one whatever you stab dies instantly yep. cool thing yep. And right at the end, you know, he's he kills somebody and he just goes, To you, I will give the snakeskin gift. gift. And then he yes. stabs him. It's fucking brilliant. So good. What mate. a line. I so took good. I took that opportunity. I was just like, it needs to be one of those like proper you know, those days um cliffhanger moment there was some good there was some good lines yeah, actually yeah. Uh, I think though that we've uh, as for the, the character classes that you guys have picked you probably picked the two most unique ones because it's hard to sort of quantify what a, a wretched royalty is because 
it's just sort of a fighter, but they sort of, their, their big thing is their sort of family heirlooms, the things that they get. That's what differentiates them from everyone else. And the yeah. cult herbmaster, of course, is like an, an alchemist, but you don't really see that much in games. You see it maybe as a skill, but I love it because, you know, you brewed one potion up, there was a healing one that can cure disease. Yep. And that's random. And you brewed another one up that makes somebody sick. Really sick, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was amazing. <laughs> it, it literally makes them puke for 1d4 hours, but I thought if we do that, we're never going to bloody move on. But <laughs> Oh my God, right. No more spoilers. No more spoilers. If you, haven't listened, if you haven't listened to it yet, please, please, please do go check it out. So let me tell you guys about a couple of things uh, I've been reading in the last couple of weeks. Um, first of all, I picked up Troika. Okay. Oh yeah. Now, what this is, is an RPG by a British company, Melisonian Arts Council. And... Uh, thing about this is it's an osr game but more for the fighting fantasy game books turned into an rpg rather than osr from original DD. and um it's a very very simple system where really you only have three stats you've got stamina which is your life you've got luck which is a spendable resource and you've got skill which is a general term for how skilled you are and then you kind of add that to your um, abilities and roll them together Mm -hmm. Um, and your abilities depend on which class you get the cool thing about this game, though, really, that I really quite like is sort of the implied setting and the weirdness of it, because <clears throat> the setting is implied to be like a planescape thing, right? So it's like almost set in this uh, city of infinite portals, and the portals, a key through them can be anything. So the key could be that you have to pat yourself on the head and say Bibble five times. <laughs> nice. <clears throat> Or it could be that you need the toe of an ogre. It could be that you need a laser gun, whatever. Um, and that's kind of it. But the the classes, there's D66 of them. So there's quite a few. Mm. And you can be like a monkey monger, a rhino man. You can be a robot called a thought, like a brain computer. I can't remember what the fuck it's called. But awesome. there's loads and loads of weird shit like that. And the spells are fucking weird. It's pretty cool. I think the setting is the best part about it. The only trouble is, is that some of the system is is really, really well thought out. Some of it's vague, but not in a good way. So, the for example, the luck mechanic. It says whenever the GM wants you to test your luck, you have to roll under your luck score, and then you take off one luck point. Simple. But it doesn't say why you would use it, what situations it would be used for, when the players can call for it, except for in battle, um, and things like this. So I don't know if you use it to re-roll, use it to add numbers to a roll, whatever. It's quite vague. Oh. That's kind of my one criticism. Um, and other than that, I think it's really, really cool yeah. and would be great for playing a Planescape-like game. Um, the artwork is amazing as well. It's so it really fucking is. strange. Um, but yeah, yeah, it I, really I, is. I, I like it a lot. I'm going to give it some more thought and, and, and read it a bit more, but I think, I'm, I think I like it quite a lot. Yeah, it's cracking. I'm glad mm. I've, I've, you you were you were nice enough to buy it for me at Dragon Meat, mate, last year. And well, because uh, I knew I knew because of the weirdness, it'll be up your alley. Oh mate, definitely. And I've been using the little uh, the little bag that come free with it ever since. <laughs> oh, I forgot it came with a bag. Yeah, it's got a turtle with a castle on its back. It's cracking. That's cool. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's another cool mechanic I like in it, um, which is I think this is a leftover from the fighting fantasy books. But your gear, each slot, it's one item, and every character just has twelve of them. Simple as that. If you want to get something out of your bag uh, or, uh, during a fight, you have to roll and beat the number of the slot that it's in. If you don't, you spend your turn getting it out. If you do, you Ooh. can get it out and do something, which oh, is pretty cool. That is cool. That is really cool. That's quite interesting. And basically, the, the bit of advice the book gives is keep arrows at the top of your fucking bag. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, fair enough. Like, <laughs> imagine cool. if you were an archer and all of your ammo is at the bottom of your bag. Yeah, so <laughs> it's pre- it is a it's a very very nice little thing, and I, I, I quite I, I quite like it, and I'm, I want to get more into it. But here's the thing I wanted to mention is that Melisonian Arts Council, who make it, have an option on their website for a lot of products, not all of them, that um, you just enter the level of poverty that you're at, and you can get a discount on the product just for simply saying, look, I haven't got that much money, can I pay less? And I just think. That's just that's just a very very nice thing to do. Yeah. And me being dirt poor, obviously, you know, I've got the got the poverty level. But yeah, so instead of um, uh, buying it for twenty four quid, I got it for eighteen, which is incredible. Really good, yeah. To me, that just means they're a great company. And also, all of their other po- products look amazing, and they've got very weird names. There's a book all about about mushrooms. It's just it's a whole book about weird mushrooms. There's another one called Fronds of Benevolence. Um, <laughs> there's one called Acid Death Fantasy, which looks fucking Ooh, cool. Sounds wicked. But yeah, it does sound cool. Check out that company. Check out um, Troika RPG. Yeah. Um, it looks fucking cool. We've got one last thing. I know this is going long, but to talk about, Jeremy, what you're saying... Uh, we got sent a little a little book. Uh, this is a sponsorship alert, but I am going to be honest about it. You guys have seen it. It's the book of battle mats. I'm just going to actually have to get it from my shelf. <laughs> I can't remember who made it. It's real nice. <laughs> okay, so this is from um, Loki Battle Mats, Loki Battle Mats, uh, and um, essentially what they are, they do they do big ones, small ones, and medium ones, and it is a book of battle mats that comes in a ring-bound thing, so you can uh, open it up and lay it flat on the table and use it as a battle mat at a moment's notice. Mm-hmm. They sent us the little one, right, which is um, 16 by 16 on either side of the book, so it makes one long map. And I originally thought when I saw it in the box, which was huge, by the way, because obviously they've put it in a box for they would usually use with the big ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. Anyway, um, I originally thought that this was going to be way too small. But once you open it out, yeah, the maps are somewhat little in comparison to like an A3. But these, this little one here that we got sent is perfect for random encounters. Yeah. If you just yeah. need to slap down a grid and have a really quick environment. They're really high quality, made of super fucking sturdy cardboard, and it is—it's just really nice, man. If you—if you need a really quick battle map, are they um, dry wipe? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, dry wipe as well. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And Loki battle maps sell on their site stickers to put on them as well that are really stickable. So, like, if you just want to have slap a tree down, you can do that, or crate, or whatever. Ah, uh, that's cool. So cool. Yeah, it is cool. The one they've sent us is Dungeon Edition, so I assume that 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 they do other types as well, like sci-fi and things like this. But definitely check them out. I've seen the big ones um, at conventions and stuff, and almost bought them, but realised it would be too big to lug home. But obviously they send them out too. So check out Loki Battle Mats and their book of battle maps because they're really, really fucking good. They are. But that's yeah. it for what we've been saying. Shall we do a main subject? Let's do it. Let's I do think it. So, are you ready? Yep. Yeah. I don't know if I, I am. Me. Subject magic main. Subject Tokyo main. Subject. All right, so I'm a little bit nervous about this one. This could be our worst episode yet, and that's before we've even done the main subject, right? Because what we're going to do today, we're going to create a sam- we're going to create a campaign setting in under an hour from scratch. Okay, this is what we're going to do. Um, I I think this main subject is going to be an effort, right? To to hopefully show you guys that it's easy to start a game up from scratch and create a campaign setting. If it goes horribly wrong, which is possible, we might just start it all again. 
because I did this on another podcast um, once, and it was awful. It was so bad. <laughs> but I think with the with the three of us, I think we can make something good. All right. Okay. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to kind of. I've got sort of these questions, and we're going to go through and answer them, and sort of come up with a setting together, yep. a sort of workshop, the whole thing. And we'll try to keep it. Try to keep each bit brief. But so the first thing that we're going to start with, right? We're not going to start with system, anything like that. We're going to get all the setting out of the way and then talk about mechanics and things later. Um, so first of all, our inspirations. Let's just go around and let's see what us guys have been into recently, what we want to what we want to inspire us in this bloody thing. So Nick, we'll start with you. What's your inspiration for this so far? Well, I've been thinking about it this, this week and I'm just thinking of something that's absolutely terrifying um, that probably most people can agree with, and that is the year mm. 2020. Okay, so uh, I, I should probably get a fucking pen. Did you hear that? <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> I should probably get a pen. <laughs> that's got to stay in. Yeah. Right, two seconds, I'm just grabbing a pen, guys. Yeah, I'm going to get a pad as well, actually. Why aren't you prepared? <laughs> Fuck you, I did the pl- f- fucking notes, man. Yeah, true. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm joking, man. Well, yeah, well, well. well. Well, man. Joke your way to the fucking bin, will ya? <laughs> all right, so inspirations. First of all, we're going to go with the year 2020. Not sure I'm happy with that one, but fine. That's Nick. That's your first inspiration. James, you've been into anything recently? What you want to slap in there? Uh, I want to slap in an anime I've watched recently called um, God of High School. God of High School. What a name. Uh, it's just basically like a fighting tournament that they got to do and just uh, beat, uh, get to the top, and then it involves um, borrowing God's powers. That's right. There's something coming already. There's something coming. There's something coming already. All right. So we've mm. got 2020. We've got God of High School. You know, it's graduation year. It's graduation year. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we've got 2020. God of High School. I was gonna. I was gonna put down Sailor Moon because I've been rereading that recently. I've also been been really into um, Inside Number Nine. So I'm gonna put Inside Number Nine on there because it's you know it's classic horror anthology stuff um, and it's it's basically a horror comedy. I know I, I like comedy. I like horror. So those are gonna be sort of our inspirations going into this. We've got the year 2020, God of High School, and Inside Number Nine. It's already looking terrible, boys. <laughs> the next question, the next question is: we're gonna we're gonna sort of go for what genre and tone are we going for? Because I think we're, at the moment this is all over the place, right? With these inspirations, yeah. So we've got really we've got to kind of nail it down. Um, I'm thinking if it's about high school kids borrowing God's powers in 2020, and it, there's some horror elements to it, I think if we go for sort of wacky horror yep yeah comedy horror yeah wa- okay. no, wacky horror is probably actually is the best but a better way to phrase it yeah because of the anime influence but if we go for yeah comedy horror right and we kind of yeah. we've got all of these these things like um so next up we're going to sort of ask what is the hook of the setting now we can what we'll do is we'll go uh, we'll go around we'll give we'll kind of give like all of our all of our own sort of um, interpretations of what we think the hook is. So, for example, this could be like if I was te- if I was saying Deadlands to you, it would be well, that's got about every hook on the planet. But it'd be that it's the weird West, not the Wild West. So it's the West, but there's gadgets and monsters. All right. So Nick, what do you think the hook of this setting is? Ooh. Okay. The hook of this setting is that it, it's it's the fact that it's the year twenty twenty, so everything everything has changed. Um, I.e., there was some, there's some sort of event that made 
this game worth playing so so the whole the whole thing is that life was completely normal and uh, like uh, up to the year 2020 and then what uh Oh, yeah, it's hard, isn't it? So how about then? Well, how about then we take the for the 2020 thing? We'll take a pandemic. We'll say that, right? It could be. We'll get into what the specific um, pandemic is, right? But if you're saying that, that things have changed, it's 2020, and you play high school kids with powers. How about this? The pandemic has happened, right? It can be zombies. It could be ghosts. It could be whatever it is, yeah. right? But we'll and you've got to fight it by borrowing powers from gods. Yep, yeah. and uh, sort of the inside number nine influence for the hook could be that it's a monster of the week type setting, mm-hmm. right? So what if the pandemic was... It, it looked like people have been made to stay at home from school because it's dangerous out there, just like 2020. Yep. People are quarantining because... Somebody opened up like a somebody did portal a portal to hell or some shit. A portal to hell. Yeah. The um like the pandemic itself um is being. It's the vehicle. Um, what's what's it? It's, it's yeah. It's yeah. coming out as demons, and then when the demons slay you, you're infected by the pandemic. Well, I think I think that that might be overcomplicating it. But how about if the um if the their demons brought with them disease. You see what I mean? So yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if you're outside, you're either going to get infected or killed. One of the two, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and good. now you play as kids in a high uh, kids who who have been laid off of high school and are sort of staying at home, right? And you have to you've used the power of the gods to battle these demons. And the inside number nine influence comes from the fact that it's a demon summoning. It's gothic horror, right? It's, we're not talking about like Japanese horror. We're talking about Draculas are coming out the ground, <laughs> Frankenstein's werewolves. <laughs> I like it. Oh, yes, what, what mate. about oh, what about as well? How about then if the kids are the heroes? Perhaps this pandemic has somehow um, entrapped all adults, and they're in some sort of trance, and that's the whole thing as well. Is that obviously <laughs> the kids want to get their families back? Um, so, in order to battle, you know, the the if they win this battle, then they can save all their all their parents. Yeah. Okay. How about this then? So yeah, the ki- the, so the kids are saving their parents. Um, demons, pandemic. I'm just trying this down. So, all right, cool. So the kids are heroes. The demons have been have been snatching up adults. Yeah. And, and that's why that's why the kids have have got to save their parents from these monsters. Yeah. Because the parents are so jaded with life that they've been. They've been. They're the ones that are more susceptible to being taken by multiple Draculas. Yeah, multiple Draculas. Nice. So to sum up the the hook, then really quickly, it's that um, a portal to hell was opened, and now the kids are using the powers of gods to save the adults. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a pandemic on, so people are yes. people are being quarantined. The streets are empty, yeah. if not for fucking Draculas running around. Yeah, save them from yeah. the disease. Uh, and disease and death perfect all right so um next up is who are the protagonists and antagonists right we know that the protagonists are high school kids mm-hmm. with with powers but who are the antagonists obviously we know they're the demons right but kind of what i mean by this is who who's the bad guy right um is there is there a central bad guy even james what do you reckon um, I think it's like a, a greater thing. Like, there's not a bad guy. There's a collective amount of bad people. But the reason that they're bad is because they've been infected. So it's like the world is slowly turning bad, and it's like you know, if you're fighting against the world, so to speak, kind of thing. I th- I, I I don't mind that. I think that the infection angle might be might be overcomplicating it. But I agree with you that maybe it's actually as these things came out, there's no central bad guy, but perhaps there are clans of them. 
Like yeah. you might go, okay, well, it's like, oh, fucking hell, Croydon's been taken over by the werewolves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's better. Maybe there's no, so there's no kind of um, organisation to it. And they, there's it, like, they fight with each other maybe as well. So it's like um, this like, yeah. empty world well, is that... just like, a, like the Wild West, you know what I mean? Battle of mafias. Well, yeah, and as we said, you know, there's there's a there's a comedy aspect to it. Maybe that's why there's no central antagonist. Maybe that's oh, because why they can't all agree with the... each other. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. They, they just want to enslave humanity, but that's it. If they were organised, they could have done it on the first day. <laughs> yeah, but and, and that's why they've that's why they've split off. Right, perfect. So, so clans dis- of monsters, disorganised and... clans of monsters. <laughs> Yeah, and they've all got sort of different motives, you know, like <laughs> different like, angles on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like they they've sort of misunderstood the whole thing. <laughs> I was gonna say that you you know, maybe the guys that summoned them could be the overarching bad guys, like the monsters all respect them. Yeah. But I like Yeah, but they probably like gave better. them really um really like obscure or vague um um plans, which is why they're so fucked. They went, Yeah, well we told you to take over the world but and then they're just like yeah, but someone else is doing it and we didn't like them getting on our turf. And nobody can agree what they actually meant. <laughs> what yeah. that I mean, meant, yeah. <laughs> it's starting to sound fucking good, right. So, what do the players do in the setting? I think that we've we've sort of... We, we know, right, that the, the, the demons and the monsters, these classic, like, you know, universal monsters, are... They're the bad guys. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily have to be demon slaying. It could be. No. It could be. But it could be befriending. Could, you know, like, oh, come on our side. <laughs> then <No. help. laughs> that that would be fun but um what about it's if it's because we know that the adults are being taken what do the players do in the setting it's res it's mo- mostly rescuing people of course there's going to be slaying on the way but rescuing people fine but also trying <laughs> it's to be slaying yeah there's going to be slaying so are we happy with that or is there any other sort of complexities you'd like to add into what the players do like what what about depending on the amount of like adults they save and um i don't know monsters that they either kill or maybe they're not killed they're i don't know turned good or whatever but depending on how many kind of good souls there are in the earth kind of determines the kind of condition of the earth if that makes sense so the more people they save, the better it gets. All right. So uniting everyone. Yeah. So basically what it is, is they need to get it in proper anime style. They need to get uh, all, all people back together again. So it's a, yeah. almost like a theme of connection. If yes. they save people and yeah. bring people back together again, then the world starts to repair. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucking cool. All right. We've done that. So so the, the primary focus is saving adults, saving people, bringing people back together in yep. a pandemic where people are instructed by the government to stay indoors. Mm-hmm. But um, yes, and but you know the tertiary or secondary ex- objective is going to be well, you know, you get to do some fucking killing with your powers while you're at it. Yeah, you know? yeah. So what I've put down for the next one uh, is what does a typical quest look like? And I think we've kind of we've kind of got like the the overarching idea of what a quest looks like, but what then what then does it does it kind of look like is it is it sneaking in stealthily into um dracula encampment so i just like the idea of there being multiple draculas so that's really tickled me i love it yeah all arguing with each other <laughs> no no i'm dracula no <laughs> no it is it was your turn to make the coffee you fucking <laughs> but, bitch but i did it yesterday <laughs> no you didn't that was dracula's head <laughs> You are Dracula Q. Restrat. But I make the muffins this morning. <laughs> I suck your blood. 
<laughs> what about what about if? Because obviously, so magic items. Hmm. But what about if, depending on what creatures you slay, that determines your kind of more powers you get? So okay, well that that's a nice idea for the setting. Um, it could almost be like the first monster that you take out awakens your power. Yeah. We can get into that kind of stuff later. Um, but for now, it's just sort of like what's a typical quest? Is it? Oh, typical quest. I don't think it would be sneaking. You think it's high power? I think it. No, I think it. I, no, I think it um, wouldn't be high power. Not straight away. I think it'd just be a bit more. You know where all the factions are, and then it's a choice of right. You know, someone's making the most noise, so I'll go against them today, or, or something like that. So it's just no, I, I, I see what you mean. So it's almost like the sort of a, a typical quest is like research, yeah, planning, big attack. Yep. Yeah. Okay, and I see. And by high power, I don't mean that you start off with the highest level, but I mean that if you think of a typical kids in peril story, the idea is that you're that, that really they're in danger, and that's one of the big things. But in this, you're formidable foes yeah. to the guys. But it's sort of it, so you're you're sort of doing uh, it's sort of like the classic kids on bikes thing of research. Maybe you're in your little base, which is in the woods, you know, and then you're sort of um, planning and taking out tribes of monsters whilst trying to rescue adults. Yeah. So a typical yeah. quest is is almost like is like is like planning. Uh, research rescue kind of thing mm-hmm. so it's a lot of you know going around the city navigating trying to get resources to, to do the plan you want to do is everyone cool with that or is there any anything else you'd like to add in there yeah yeah no I like that maybe there's a map maybe it starts off in your hometown to give it that kind of local feel and then maybe yeah the more quests that are completed within the hometown you get you gain more territory and then it's kind of a, a, a power thing as well you know so more quests that are successful or determined on the outcome of how things go in, a, in an individual adventure will then have a knock on effect on the overall uh, map Okay, I'll tell you what, I've put in territory and I've added that into the hook. Because if this is about uniting people, bringing yeah. people back together, maybe as you clear out territories, they become infused with light and monsters can't go there anymore and you've united the people in that area. Safe land. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. All right. So just to, we, we're actually halfway through, boys, and this is already fucking good. I'm liking the setting. Yeah. But, so just to recap what, we're, what we've got so far. So it's a pandemic of monsters invading this world because they were summoned by two idiots and they're kidnapping adults feeding on their sadness or something like that or yeah. their sort of jadedness. And as a result, it's up to the high school kids who have been given the powers of gods to save the universe, um, to save the world. And it's comedy horror. Um, you're battling demons, gaining territory and trying to connect people back together during a time where they've been told to stay inside whilst clans of monsters roam your city. And it's all about research, planning, and rescuing adults. I think that's pretty good so far. We've got a few more steps to take, but before we do, let's go to the money zone. My main goal is to blow up and then act like I don't know nobody. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we've got first sponsor um, ever on this show, which is pretty cool. So support for the 3T RPG podcast is brought to you by Manscaped who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. And that is a fucking good rhyme. (laughs) Yes. So Manscaped just launched in the UK, and we've gone years without using the right tools for the downstairs job. You can be one of the first men in England to experience their life-changing products. And, James, you ever shaved your balls? How did it go? Um, Several times. Um, And um, I'll tell you what, sometimes it... Is the most scary thing ever because you know they're precious and they're <laughs> exposed. Um, 
And if you don't have the correct tools, and this has happened, and it scares me every time I try, um, so I'm looking forward to potentially trying out their 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 product because I know there's no nicking of the dicking. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Basically, uh, long story short, is that, yeah, I've I've nicked my testes a couple times, Ooh. and it is very unpleasant. Well, mm-hmm. you know why? It's because it's because most razors are made for your face, not for the delicate testy satchel. I'm talking about fucking a beard trimmer, mate. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> e- even worse. I mean, the f- yeah. So that, but that is why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team has perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created, and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 in the UK. Their it third generation great. trimmer features a, cu- a cutting edge ceramic blade. Get it to reduce grooming accidents. Yes. And when I tell you this. When I tell you this is premium, boys, I mean this is premium. The battery will last this is up primo. to <laughs> the battery lasts up to ninety minutes, right? So if you've got balls the size of a football field, you're fine, <laughs> <laughs> mate. I don't think you'd. Wait, when, when would you? You won't need to charge it almost ever. You know, just a quick. Well, uh, I mean, when you got a penis my size, it's not much to change. <laughs> the, no. uh, the waterproof technology here also allows you to groom your knob in the shower, not your knob. If you've got hairy knobs, see a not doctor. Well, part of it, yeah. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded <laughs> to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. Oh, quiet stroke. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience this firsthand for yourself. Let's get that bush to tush clean. Get 20% off Ooh. plus free shipping with code 3TRPG at manscaped.com. Make your testies the besties. Get 20% off and free shipping with code 3TRPG at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com by using the code 3TRPG. Your balls will thank you. Mazes and monsters is a far out game. Let's get back to the game, shall we? Um, so the next uh, the next question on my list here is 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 there a main hub to the world? Now this isn't necessary, right? It's just that ha- this is how I like to run my games, and these questions are kind of the ones that I go through when I plan a campaign. So, yep, is there a main hub? If so, what is it like? Uh, yeah, well, I would say that, um, that it starts off like we said with the clubhouse idea. That's kind of nostalgic and cool, very kids on bikes. Um, maybe the clubhouse starts off as the the center of the hub. Yeah, yeah, I'm up for that. And uh, if you uh, and certain people you save might bring different talents to the clubhouse. You start yep. expanding it. It was it's all again mm-hmm. about the connection thing, you know. Uh, James, you got you got any ideas? Would you think there should be a main hub, or do you think it should just be roaming around the Christmas tree? I quite like the <laughs> I quite like the main hub idea, but I think um, into, uh, you know, like the the kids, uh, the sort of clubhouse thing. If it's the the clubhouse is usually attached to someone's house or it's on their land or something so perhaps it could be you know at the kids house um who well obviously their parents have been taken so they're kind of there it's the clubhouse and house so there's more space for them to relax in but they use the clubhouse for all of their um you know actual workings but yeah i see what you mean yeah so so it's sort of like it's just one of the kids houses you know perhaps the war room is the tree house out back that's where you do your planning do you know what i mean (laughs) nice yeah Yeah. because that's when that's when it really gets to work so there's like downtime 
um, that can be had by the players inside the house, like just doing shit, making yeah, food. upgrading your, then, like, you know, when, upgrading your hub, you know, yeah. um, putting the adults to work. You save them. You could be like, right, we need a new wall put around this. Right, get that fucking fence up, Dad. You've been, we've been waiting years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I think I think we got something really cool here. The next, um, the next one is what system will we use? Because and bear in mind, listeners, this should come later. If you're planning a campaign, what you need to do is 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 get out your idea first and then pick a system. Otherwise, you know you're going to be. Mm-hmm. I, I just think I just think I prefer. Yeah, you limit yourself. Yes. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. So let's uh, Nick. What would you reckon a good system for this would be? Well, I was having to think about it because because it's got this kind of magical element uh, or superpower element if you like um, I do like the idea of it being quite powerful mm. um, but then also at the same time I'm, I'm wondering whether it should be a player um, a player you know player facing game so they that only they roll um, yeah oh it's a tricky one actually we got to think about is like what system would suit this down to the ground. So we know that the, the we know that the kids have got have got the powers that that were granted to them by gods, right? So uh, okay, maybe mm-hmm. ideally um, an open system. It could work in D and D. It would just have to be a medieval setting, maybe with some sort of modern updates to it. But ideally, what you what you kind of want is something that that complements those. All right. Um, Monster of the Week, for example, has a lot of similar themes to this game. But the only trouble with that is, is that all the character classes are adults. I think. So um, yeah, I'm thinking, and and Cypher this is just could work. Cipher system could work. I agree with that because it's got quite a high powered thing. It's got the the ciphers. Um, it's quite simple as well mm-hmm. and open. Uh, a very decent one for yep. it. It's player facing. I'm going to chuck my hat in the ring and just say that I I think Savage Worlds is good. Because yeah. the thing about Savage Worlds and the way superpowers work, they're 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 quite grounded, right? But so, for example, the way superpowers work, you have power points, which are like your minor points. And I think if you do the superpowers rule, you get twenty, or you get more, but you only have one spell. So whatever power right. your character's been granted to you. So say for example, we take the Greek pantheon of gods. You could be a made-up pantheon of gods, but let's say we take the Greek ones, right? Or just all religions, right? So it could be that the Judeo-Christian God grants you the powers of healing to be like Jesus, or the power to turn water into wine for some reason. Like you're the worst one in the team. But um, (laughs) so if you have something like that, or say for example, if you have Zeus, maybe he gives you lightning powers. Then all you do is you take the bolt spell from Savage Worlds, trap it as lightning, and you're done. Mm -hmm. And that's your power, right? Uh, Obviously, uh, amongst that, you can you can uh, give your character loads of other stuff. But you've got but you've got that that system really already set up for you there. If, say, yeah. for example, uh, you know, a god could give you the power of telekinesis, the power of taking over somebody's mind, the power of wall walking, if it's some sort of spider god, you know, things like this. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Um, I think it, I think it works as well, and um, I think that also Savage Worlds does kind of downtime pretty well. So, for me, that's yep. that's my choice. And also, you could just have the setting rule that everyone has to take the young hindrance, or that young people aren't considered to be hindered, adults are. So just reverse it. Do you see what I mean? That's a cool one. I like that. Mm. I like the reversal because it is a very young, 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 well, not kids, but you know, young adult focused game, let's say. Yes. Um, that'd be pretty cool. So they get all the, rather than being, you know, you're young, you get a hindrance. Let's just turn it around and actually say, you know, for once, being young's a good thing in this world. And um, here's the thing. Another another point in Savage Worlds' favour is that the setting Rippers has a, th- has a system in it for a Ripper Lodge. 
So in your downtime, you're upgrading your lodge. You're giving it new features that help you during cool. your missions, things like this. Yep. Also, ETU has things to do with exams, although I sort of gather that the time that we're doing it in school isn't on at the moment. Um, <laughs> no, no, that's a point. Yeah. Well, what about like what about if um, adult? Because it could, you know, adults could be like a, not a commodity, but you know, we were saying about the more adults they save. How about then? It's like a case of you know, you can save these tranced adults from like wherever they're being kept, but it doesn't bring them round, and they have to bring them back to the, like this safe place, and it's only after a certain. I don't know progression in another way that that whole group of people then like break from that curse if you like and become well, their we, self again. We talked about and, how and in the mean- when you when you take a person away and you eliminate a, a tribe's presence in an area, this could be by scaring them off by killing them, whatever you know. Once you've done yeah, that, yeah. you get the territory. Yeah, you get the territory, and to get an adult out of the trance where where these demons are sapping energy from them, all you have to do is bring them to a territory. Gotcha. Yeah, that's that, it. That you own because it's now mm-hmm. infused with the light of the various gods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um, cool. Yeah, and I, I personally think, good. as for system, yeah, Savage Worlds is what I'm saying. I think Cypher's a fucking good shout as well because it's slightly more survivable, which is something you want in a mm-hmm. game where you're playing children, basically. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you don't want children yeah. getting murdered left, All right, center. <laughs> yeah. James Clark, how about you? You got any ideas for system? Well, honestly, um, I was. Uh, thinking about cypher as well because it's quite a nice player face and one it's heavy on the role play and as when we played it is you know it's very uh, it's all about the heroes mm. but now you mention savage of course that fits with bloody anything um mm. and i forgot about their um their uh, uh point system and and bear in mind um, as well i think that works really you know, well etu already features rules for a lot of this i mean the way you use magic in etu which is east texas university a setting for savage worlds the way you use magic in that is quite different but you could nick a lot of the edges and hindrances from that you know and use them mm. and i, yeah, I, I, I think when i ran a stranger things game using uh, using savage worlds but the only thing that you pointed out there was that in cypher system why it's heavy on the role play i'm imagining this like it's not like a group of friends that got the powers it's random kids from the school that got selected so you could be the yeah. posh girl the bully the goth and they all hate each other but they've got to come together to work and the role play yeah and then and then that whole message kind of carries on because then if you've got people that wouldn't normally be together that have to connect to save the world and in doing so connect humankind it's got another underlying message isn't it right yeah 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 exactly yes. and uh oh, all right so what are we thinking sci-fi or savage worlds let's pick I'm going to say Savage Worlds. James? Cypher. I'm going to say Savage Worlds. Gutted, James. All right, so we've got Savage Worlds. um, And obviously one of the big bonuses that is nicking stuff from all the different Savage Worlds settings and things like this. And and they all kind of work here for what we're we're building up. Is there any unique rules we want to add on? Don't have to, but uh, sometimes it might be nice just to add a little bit of thing in there. So, for example, when I did the D&D game where you were, you know, capturing monsters to build up a monster zoo, um, I had a rule that, you know, you didn't have to hit, uh, only hit, hit monsters with uh with stun damage it just had to be the final hit that's it and then you capture it um yeah so in this case i'm just going to say that what i will do is is i'm going to swap the young hindrance and give it give that to the adults because their energy has been sapped so is uh, yeah, all the adults have less points to spend and they're less good at stuff and the kids are the heroes in this case so they don't have the young hindrance that's a good idea um, i like that i like the fact that um it's it's very because it's Savage Worlds and it relies on edges and hindrances, they're so easily buildable. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. In that in that sense, so yeah, I think 
it's, it's a pretty good idea. But have you guys got uh, any um, ideas for unique rules that you would you would add in, like setting rules? What about to keep with the feel of powers and um, and 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 you know, they're, and they're given these kind of you know godly powers from the gods? Then you're not really going to need much use for like say guns and stuff. So we could always say that uh, you know there's. Like there's no, I don't know. The kids don't need to use weapons because they've always got, they've got these powers. So then that kind of gives it a, a kind of another angle. Only thing is, is that you end you you. While I like that because it sort of gives it a misfits type feel, I think they it sort of hamstrings players. And I think that maybe it might be better to, I think definitely make it make weapons harder to find because let's yeah, be maybe honest, that. right? When if these demons have been summoned by accident, these classic monsters, they're coming back. They're gonna need. They're trying to take over the world. They're gonna need them. So you go yep, to your yep. local gun shop and try and loot it. Uh oh! It turns out that a, a group of Frankenstein's have already stolen all of them. <laughs> They're going down, going down the street with them. But yeah. you could, you know, go into your dad's cupboard and get his, you know, old service revolver out. There we go. Yeah. Okay. So that's scarce then. Guns, weapons are scarce. Okay, so it's kind, of, it's more of a, um, yeah, maybe, maybe it's yeah, weapons are scarce is kind of like setting flavour, but it's, it's more about making stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's more about making gadgets and traps and and whatnot. More of a Goonies feel, you know. Well, that's a good idea. So as for unique rules that we add on, okay, things like a kitchen knife, things like your a baseball bat, those are going to be almost like improvised weapons. Although a baseball bat isn't really, uh, but yeah, let's mm. let's put in, let's add in a unique setting rule that we would add in some sort of extra rules for improving improvised weapons via mm-hmm. via using household items let's see that yep. so so weapons are hard to find because demons have taken them so suddenly what you're doing you put you're putting bleach into a water pistol you know like things like this <laughs> yeah exactly exactly that it pushes it pushes the kind of cool kid angle yeah yeah perfect yeah, i've got a good idea as well in terms of um unique rules um, is that every kind of uh, ability or skill um, should be trapped? Yeah, uh, I so that it makes the player more u- unique. I think it, I think that has to be a rule, right? So if you yeah. if you have if you uh, all of your powers that you get from the gods, obviously because it's Savage Worlds, you have to have a trapping. So for those that don't play Savage Worlds, what that means is that if you've got a power, you don't just say I've got Bolt. If you're playing Ryu from fucking Street Fighter, then you have a Hadouken, right? It's just a yeah. renaming and a reflavoring yeah. of of a spell. So everyone has to do that. So when it, at the start of character creation. You pick your god. Are we saying it's modern day gods, like the ones that people worship now? No, I think, I it, think could it could be, be any. any. It could any. be like even like the Japanese gods, you know, because there was like so many and all. Yeah, any. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. So any the, good the, gods? No. No. Any I, and all gods. I think even right. e, even bad ones because um, they they're they're kind of annoyed that somebody's muscling in on their turf and being bad. That's a point. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. And it wasn't their idea in the first place, or whatever. So okay. All right. Any god. Suddenly Satan. He's he, he, well. He's not god, but like Hades, for example. He's like, where the fuck have all my minions gone? Where's my where's my Draculas? And um. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. where's my Draculas gone? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, the setting rule is that you have to trap it. You have to pick a god, and um, also that yeah. gives the GM a chance to role play. And it's gonna get real offensive, yeah. so that's good. Well, I like it as well because like an easy sort of oh, but why aren't the kids overpowerful? It's like well because they're in a bloody human body, so they can only yeah exactly they can only use a certain amount of power. You know, you could you could have the power of you know the almighty omnipotent god, but you can you know you, you have a pitiful it's, it's channeled, like, it's, it's channeled it through some fucking like pubescent child like spotty teenager exactly. 
So, like, it's the really easy thing to to sort of explain. Oh, but why can't they You'll just get kill more everyone? powerful as the as the game goes on? You know, and in Savage Worlds, having yeah. one power seems boring, but it's not because in Savage Worlds Adventure Edition, you can mod the powers, you can change them, so that you can spend extra power points, which you'll get as you level up. And if you just got the Bolt Spell and you've got Zeus's Lightning, you can now, uh, you know, up the range to it, but like a mile right add extra damage add yeah. burst on it and all this shit so as you level up mm-hmm. you're, you're it's like almost like your character's getting more used to his power and he's getting better at using it so yeah 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 okay so for unique rules you know we've got the you have to trap skills that weapons are scarce and we're going to add in some sort of gadget making rules like something simple and of course that uh, the young hindrance you don't have to take it but the adults do have an hindrance Mm-hmm. that's where we're at the moment so the very last step and believe me it seems like we haven't got much done here but the very very last step is to plan the first game in your setting believe it or not listeners you don't need to map out the whole world yet you can do that as you play each mission introduces new areas right so if if say for example you're you're gaining back territories what all it is is you don't need a big map you just plan every mission with a new territory and every time they do a mission they get a plus one to their score of amount of territories they got and then you can make a map yep. on a different week so all you need to do to get this game started we've got everything we need now um all we need is planning the first game in the setting and that's what you use to introduce players to the world the whole thing about the gods is going to be introduced during character creation obviously we'll have all of that shit noted down but planning the first game in the session we need to sort of go about sort of making an adventure and all we really need the way i tend to do this is sort of five scenes okay so five scenes and you've got a whole night's worth of gaming so what we'll do is we'll kind of go around the room and sort of we'll we'll, we'll kind of like each person gets to plan a step and we'll sort of all chime in and, and, and alter it together but obviously we the first the first game of the setting do we start out in the fucking in the uh, pandemic or do we start out as it's fucking happening um bear in mind the only thing is I'm, there a way go on is there a way where like sort of the the first game can be it gives you um, a flash of the past so like you start with normal life just to understand who your characters are before they are these super people just to sort of where they're interacting and how they're doing well yeah why don't we put that and as the first scene we'll do the first scene as yeah. a flashback if if origins yeah so what we'll say is we everyone's created their character but we go okay but we're going to start in school right you're having a maths lesson and you haven't got your powers at the moment so just forget those for a second and the first scene we're going to play out and you're like your teacher's yeah, like okay it allows them to concentrate on like who their characters are at um you know at the beginning and then when it you know later on in the campaign they're actually um grow into these um, better people what we can even do is we can even have it as four mini flashbacks for each player at the game so so for example you could say one player's playing the bully you're smashing this kid's face into a locker. You're locking him inside it. And then suddenly you turn around and there's this... There's a Frankenstein in the hallway. And you're like, shit. <laughs> you turn around and you notice that you were too concentrated on playing the bully. And now your school's getting smashed up. People are being bitten by Draculas. People are being carried across the hall by imps and dropped off the building. And that's when you realise um, that you're infused with power. And you see Jesus in the hallway next to you. And he goes, hey, man, it's cool. Here's some powers, yo. <laughs> <laughs> and and sort of we go around the table doing that with each character like saying how the apocalypse happened and then it's just like yeah, okay that's so cool. I'm going to put in the second scene and say we start in the house right well, the reveal wouldn't it well that that, oh, wait, that was the reveal during the flashback so we'll start in in the clubhouse 
and uh, cool. so that's scene two. So the clubhouse, right? And maybe you could just uh, that's where you just drop some intel, right? We're keeping it simple for game one. We're not going full sandbox, but you drop some intel. You say, um, and like something like you know, old uh, Nobby from the school. He's there. He's there in your in your treehouse. He's not one of your gang, but he, he's heard that in addition to your parents being carried off, he knows where one of them is, and he reckons his mum has been kept hostage down at Sainsbury's by a uh, by a group of imps, right? So that's where you sort of have the. <laughs> How about that? And that's we, yeah. I like it. So you got so you got so basically scene two is the like you said, drop some information. You've got the group of people that that um, some of them might not even be friends, might not even like each other, but for, for due to con- uh, circumstances, everyone's been put together in the, um, in the clubhouse, and they've been given a mission in the clubhouse. They they don't yeah. know where their parents are. They've got no intel on that, but they've heard this. But they've heard another kid's mum could even be one of the player characters is in a supermarket, and you sort of drop that information yeah. on them. So, scene three, Nick, what's happening? Well, that would be the supermarket then, I'm guessing. So, we're talking Sainsbury's. We're talking uh, scene three would be some, uh, <clears throat> well, some indiv- investigation. They've been told the what they've been heard, the rumour. Someone's mum's been held hostage by some, what did we say, imps? Yeah, imps. Imps down at Sainsbury's. Um, so, I'll say scene three is Sainsbury's and, uh, you know, and everything. Would it be recon so, or would it be rescue? Well, that's down to, the, down to them, isn't it? Yeah, it's up to them. It's up to them. I mean, scene, it's, it's, scene two, they can do as much planning as they want. They could even be, uh, yeah, it could even be yeah, the classic classic scene of them in the clubhouse, Mappa Sainos on the fucking table. For those that don't know, Sainsbury's <laughs> is a supermarket in England. But, um, yeah. you know, one of them sticks like a knife into it, but it's a plastic one because they're kids and it just shatters. <laughs> yeah. but, but scene three, yeah. So, so scene three is the supermarket, right? And you don't need to put any information yeah. about this down. All you know is that they're, they're given free reign of a fucking supermarket. You don't even need a map. Everyone knows what a fucking supermarket looks like. Just that, but ruined. And there's little devilish imps flying around. Throwing <laughs> um, <laughs> cans of corn at people. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, sc- scanning, scanning an apple, but putting a banana in their basket instead. So we need two... <laughs> so, so basically, we don't need two more scenes, but we, we got two more. So what we could do... Um, as as often. Oh yeah, maybe an if, right? Just just oh, if they come out of it in this way, then I'll chuck this scene in. Well, right? that's yeah, a good that... idea because the whole campaign, depending on how much planning, how much effort they put into it, this whole episode could be them skulking around the town, finding things to do the assault on the Sainsbury's, right? But if yeah, that's true. they could yeah. just not get to it, yeah. If you have extra time, what you could do is after Sainsbury's, you've rescued Nobby's mum. You're, you're ru- <laughs> and you've got to get her back to the house if you've got time for an extra encounter here's where you do it from the Sainsbury's you're looking over at the area where your house is the one small territory you own and you notice that it's the only place not being rained on a beam of godly sun sort of glowing on it almost as if it's blessed <laughs> and yeah, you've exactly. got to get your you've got to get the mum back to the fucking to the to the clubhouse whilst being chased by another group of monsters who notice you when you're coming out of the Sainsbury's yeah, mummies and it's you a think, bunch yeah, of mummies yes that. mummies say, you, you see what you see what you think is a bunch of loo rolls but in actual yeah. fact it's mummies it's mummies yeah you think you look over what's that what's that pile of bog roll over there <laughs> <laughs> oh no <laughs> and then let's just put the well, let's just put the last scene as sort of um sort of a wrap up we we could put in a scene there where like 
maybe the kids have bonded a little bit and you do some interludes. Yeah. Because Savage Worlds, it has interludes in it. So we just say at the end, right, you guys are out of breath. You're back at home. You're panting, you're wheezing. And you look over at the bully who once locked you in a locker while the fucking Frankenstein was breathing down his neck. And you realise that this guy saved your life today, etc. Something like that. So you, you would do an interlude and allow the kids to sort of play out the final scenes. And just say, and bond up a bit, yeah. Yeah, bond up a bit. Maybe say, you know, how to, how what are you doing now that this ordeal is over? And maybe some like the goth will go to his room and sort of look at the the Van Halen poster on his on his ceiling and sort of say, I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I wanted. Um, is um, we happy with that adventure, right? So the adventure we got going is yeah. we flash back to a school and how all the kids got their powers. A ten minute scene each. Then we start in the clubhouse. It's irrelevant how they got there, and in fact, you could even ask them to make it up. Say, how did you get? How did you get back? Um, and it how did you organise? Yeah. Turns out, what they've got to do is rescue another kid's mum from a Sainsbury's. She's been, she was flown off by little imps carrying her, and um, <laughs> as you come out, you see a you see a pile of loo roll, and you realise, oh shit, it starts moving. Mummies. You've now got to get the mummy back to the base without being captured by the mummy, Egyptian mummy. <laughs> <laughs> and then we end question. on then we end on the interludes question go on um, go on I, I really can we um, do a one off AP for this <laughs> oh god it's good though isn't it I'm actually surprised at how fun this setting sounds because surely we want to put more proof in the pudding at some point. And this is like a massive thing. I mean, it could be six months' time. But at some point, can we get around to playing this? Yes, please. This is what well, we've let's done. Ask, and let's ask the listeners if they want to hear it. <laughs> well, I think now we need to... No, we're just going to do it anyway. Very, yeah, fuck you, <laughs> listeners. The, we need to come up with a name for the setting. This isn't important, but oh, it's no. quite good often... Because this is just... The way we're doing it here, this is just how you do it at your table game, right? It doesn't need a flashy name like an AP does, but I do like to have a flashy name. Um, so, uh, but I think you could just name it after a town or something like that. You could just call it like, uh, fuck, um, Framley Hills. <laughs> yeah, you could. <laughs> Framley Hills. Or, so, uh, or Wentworth, Went, Wentworth Garden. That's a shit name for a town. <laughs> <laughs> What about spooky, spooky <laughs> Sunday? Oh, spooky! Sunday. Sorry, that hurt. That actually hurt um, me to say that. Uh, okay, forget, forget the, the name. Hell? Forget the name. It's not working. It's not working. Right. What about what about high school of the dead? No. Um. Right. So the fucking hell. <laughs> okay. Right. You don't. What about COVID the barbarian? <laughs> What about what about what about the class of the apocalypse? Class of the apocalypse. We'll just call it that. That's fine. So ju- let's just do a quick recap of the of the setting. Right, it's 2020. There's a pandemic that's gone on. I mean, uh, a sort of apocalyptic event. People have been quarantined at home and told to stay at home by the police, the government, everyone, because some idiots did a bloody ritual, and now the uh, now all of the universal monster movies have come out of hell and come to take over <laughs> the earth but none of them can agree on the plan so they've split up into into groups you play high school kids whose job it is to um, fight them and bring restore communion back to the world reuniting people and bringing areas back into the light and the gods have given you powers to help do this um, and it's all about getting territories back and basically as well 
Um, you, the a typical mission looks like researching, planning, rescuing people, taking back areas, and of course, um, you have a main hub, which is your house slash treehouse, which you upgrade as the as the session goes on. It's going to be in Savage Worlds. We've got our little unique rules in there, and the first first episode is all about rescuing a mummy from some imps, as in a mum, a mom, yeah, <laughs> a mum, a mum, a mum, a mum. All right. Well, I think I think we've got a good set in there. I would play the dick off of this. Yes, <laughs> mate. <laughs> yeah, me it is too. fucking stupid. It's fucking that. stupid, but it will be fun. And I think yeah. as for the horror comedy, right? It's not going to be visceral, gory, eighteen-rated horror. I'm thinking Goosebumps level. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Go- Goosebumps, Goonies. What's that other film from the eighties? Uh, is it the Monster Squad? Uh, that kind of. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 exactly. So, so you know, it's it's like silly things like that. You can either have folkloric monsters that are represented of of the town. And the good thing about all of this is we don't need to to come up with a big pantheon of monsters. They're already they already exist, and you can just reskin yep. monsters from the Savage Worlds book. We don't need to come up with a pantheon of gods because people can choose whatever they want. All it is essentially is a trapping anyway. Um, yeah. So there we go. We've got a fucking setting, boys. Class of the we Apocalypse. Yes. Class of the Apocalypse. Well, I like name. this. I like this a lot. I like this a lot. I just, I just really want to do an adventure with a group of, of various Draculas. Oh, can we be them at one point? Oh, now that would be fun. Well, imagine if we flipped it. The opposing setting. Even though we have done that in, in Vampire. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's what Vampire <laughs> the Masquerade is. No, but Vampire the Masquerade isn't all the iteration's of Dracula. So you've got Blackula. You've got the Bram Stoker Dracula. You've got. <laughs> <laughs> Strad von Zarevich. Nostradamus. Yeah. Well, no, yeah, Nostradamus was originally a version of Dracula, wasn't he? He's Count Olock. Yeah. So yeah, you've got all these different Draculas, and and sort of they've all come from sort of different mythologies, and and um, is it just is it just what we do in the shadows, the RPG? Yeah, but what we do in the shadows is different. Fa- this is all Draculas, and they all think they're the oh, real one. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I got you. It's all. What we even talking the Count from Sesame Street? Yeah. Oh, he'll be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His his whole thing is that he'll sort of um, he's just counting enemies on the battlefield. He doesn't hit them, but he's like two ah ah two children. He'll <laughs> <laughs> ah, ah, ah. just count you to death. Can we get a count on that? When when it gets to zero, you die. <laughs> <laughs> I have reached this book. No, when he gets to six six six, it takes about an hour. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's his spell. All right, guys. So, yeah, I hope you liked our setting, Class of the Apocalypse, um, coming uh, soon to a <laughs> retailer near you. Uh, yeah, free to your RPG publishing. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think it's going to... But, yeah, I, I actually like this. I think it's childish and silly, but I also think it would be really fucking fun. But yeah. um, that is going to be it for the main subject. Um, and let's get into some electro letters. In the future, you will be able to send a letter or parcel from anywhere on the planet. This, sir, is the Electro Letter. So this time, thought I'd keep it simple. I just asked for your guys' like questions. We'll do a little Q&A. Um, first one comes in from Daniel Irwin. He says, what's the best game mechanic? <laughs> oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> Sorry, guys. See, have you got another microphone near your ass? Uh, that's right. That's right. I've got the fart mic on. Um, so yeah, well, no, we're being serious. It sounded like is it is your phone in your pocket? Do you know maybe is this is this clearer? Yes. Yeah. 
Oh no, it's using my phone's fucking microphone rather than my headset. See, this is what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. I ho- so it was right next to the mic. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> it was so loud. It's like Dolby surround sound. <laughs> so I just can't get over the fact that your mic was up your bum, basically. <laughs> What I don't know what's, what's happening to me. <laughs> Help me! Oh my god! Help me! Oh, Send help! Send help! I need a doctor. It stinks in here, mate. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> right. Um, best. Oh my god! That's really my right. Best. Let's try to focus. Right. Let's start again. Daniel, this time I decided to keep it. Shut up! This time I decided to keep it simple and just ask for your questions. We're going to do a little Q and A here. So Daniel Irwin, he says, "What's the best game mechanic, subsystem, or idea you've come across? Can it be because it's elegant, fun, or downright nasty? Choice is yours." Um, I'm going to say one that I I, I very much like is uh, using uh, playing cards for initiative. Nice simple one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Savage Worlds like does that. it, you know, and it's just really easy to see who's or you, to re-roll initiative each round for individual players, and to see who's going when. You just quickly whip out your cards, whip out your Johnson, and just get for flinging them across the table. <laughs> get, you know, get get on with it. Yeah, uh, I I I like re-roll tokens. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I think it's a great, it's a great, it's a great, uh, it's a great tool to have, um, and I like that. You know, you could use them in any game really, where if you like, and they just think they're great. They're just, it just, it's a nice, it's a nice thing to have, and they're, you know, especially if you've got an actual little token or on on your table with you. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, I just always like that. Well, I, I tend to use them in every game now, and it, it, the thing yeah. about it is, is it just keeps game flow going because you're not going to end yep. up with loads yep. of rounds of people missing and not hitting each other. You just, if people want to hit, they're going to spend their fucking pennies, and it gives you Absolutely. a really easy but never way. Let them, don't let them carry over though. Yeah, never do that. That's, that's how you keep it going. Mm. Never. What about you, James Clark? I like um, I like uh, the, the crit fail overrides all because it doesn't always. Nice. That's true. Um, like in, so, in systems where you can benny a crit fail, I hate that. If yeah, it, it, I, I hate that, yeah. But I also like it um, not just that. Um, so that's part of it. So firstly is that, but also the second part, which you do loads, Harrison, which is um, it's not your, your typical crit fail he's not like oh you're dead like you know oh you, you, it's like it's a fumble table yeah yeah it's it's it, there's something like that so it's a crit fail override tool and then the fumble table to complement it yeah well that, yeah, that's yeah, really yeah, a, yeah. a dcc sort of innovation that i absolutely love i mean rolling on tables for fumbles you, you, i mean look at our actual play when suddenly somebody goes to stab somebody with a pen accidentally blinds himself then the monster tries <laughs> to hit you and his, his fucking hammer gets stuck <laughs> in his stuck in his jumper Blown. you know what i mean shit like that yeah. Yeah. i love it i mean in the game the other day we had a guy d- just searching for a suit in this woman's room and got a crit fail <laughs> and i'm like what's going to happen as a result of just searching for a fucking suit and crit failing i mean how how bad can it be and i was like okay you you search in this dresser like like in this trunk at the end of the bed and you fall in and it locks you in like it locks behind you <laughs> yeah which was really cartoonish <laughs> and stupid but it was funny as shit yeah. Um, all right, cool. So yeah, th- that's it. I have to say, yeah, another one sort of going back onto DCC is uh, I, d- I do particularly, particularly like sort of rolling for spells because it brings back the unpredictability yeah. of magic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And I like the um, you know the different manifestations of the spell depending on how you roll and or you know that kind of. Um, it's beautiful, you can... and it just yeah, means it that wizards they're not really a known quantity. Even at higher levels, you can more reliably roll higher higher numbers. But it just means that like throughout the game, 
sometimes a really shit wizard can do something way beyond his power and he happens to be pointing in the wrong direction because he's thinking I'm just going to fireball that one guy and it's like no you've just done a flamethrower and your guys are in the melee as well so you're fucked exactly yeah yeah, yeah. I do like that that's good um, Terry Hansen he has, a, he has like a three pronged question for us his first one he says Ooh. other than Umerica because it's fucking amazing um, for listeners this is a post-apocalyptic weird gonzo setting for DCC um, what is your feelings about other DCC settings? What are your opinions on DCC being a universal generic RPG system disguised as a sword and sorcery game? Um, I like other settings for DCC. Uh, well, we played um, Cybersprawl Classics, which basically proves what Terry's saying. I mean, it can be used for yeah. so many different things. Yeah. Uh-huh. Cybersprawl Classics, you know, is a cyberpunk mod for a fantasy sword and sorcery game, and it's probably the best cyberpunk game I've played. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It sounds yeah, absolutely fantastic, isn't it? It is. Yeah, the system and the mechanics in it just complement it oof. so well. It's been as for as for sort of other settings for DCC, I've not really delved that much. Like I've I've got Umerica. Obviously, we played Cyberspool Classics. It's incredible. I've got the Lankmar one, which looks great. Um, uh, a lot of really cool innovations in there, like heal- yeah, yeah, for healing, for example you have to eat and depending on what you eat it heals different things so like it sort of really goes into that feel of being in a scummy city like oh shit I'm really banged up let's go get a pint MCC is really good oh MCC yes I forgot about that that one's fucking great I'm using a lot of that stuff currently and you know I I love other DCC settings I want more of them you know I mean and there's even the sub the like sub settings like they've released an adventure and it got did so well on Kickstarter it became a full setting like um Shudder Mountains, for example, or mm-hmm. uh, the Purple Planet, and those are the only two I can think of right now. But yeah, um, DCC's great, man, and, and that's one of the reasons that it should be picked up by just about anyone because it's got um, so many good like other settings for it. I mean, the Lankmar one is worth it alone. It's fucking cool. Yeah. Um, he says next, what is the coolest mighty deeds one of your warriors have pulled off in a game? And I'll just say, oh, I don't think people ever remember to use their mighty deeds in game. No, no. not really. Because it's, James, it's you... one of those things that we're not used to. It's like one of the best things ever. I mean, so essentially, what these are for people that don't know in DCC, warriors instead of having feats and having all these different things they can do, what they do is they have a deed die, and this is their bu- attack bonus. So instead of getting an attack bonus, you roll a die every time. If you hit a three or above on that die, and the die continues to increase in size as you level up, if you hit a three or above, what it means is that your character um, can pull off a cool maneuver, but you announce it before you roll. So it could be, I want to disarm my opponent. It could be, I want to kick my opponent down the stairs. I want to trip him up. Things like this. And all you have to do is hit a three on that die. It's difficult Mm. because at first you're rolling a D3. By, By the end of it, you're rolling like a D50 or something. So... But characters never remember to use it. They like the variable attack bonus because they can get a plus three at level one. But it's like, <laughs> yeah. But it's like, and I very rarely remember. People very rarely remember to do it. And uh, I, the, my best one, I guess, that I've seen is that my brother wanted to attack somebody, and he said, "I want to swing across the chandelier as I do it." And so he swung across the room and uh, used the momentum to add extra damage, and it was fucking awesome. And he knocked the opponent over too, I believe. So yeah, but. Yeah, that's the trouble. People don't remember. James, you played a warrior for a whole campaign and didn't use it once, I don't think. <laughs> I think I maybe used it like once or twice, and that was yeah. like using my skill shield to skate on, right? I think it, I think it was that. Yeah, yeah, like Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, he says very lastly, his last question is, "What's your favourite funky dice?" I really like the D7. Oh, it's weird, isn't it? That one. 
Uh, I tell you what, that um, that disgusting D fifty is growing on me, but I do want to get a golf ball D fifty instead. Hey, okay, well, it, that's uh, I like the D the D fourteen a lot because it's so round. Yeah, I like the D fourteen. Oh it, yeah, it just keeps going. It just keeps going. That's got that's got to be in a train. I've, yeah. I've, I've seen people roll it and it just goes off the table like goes for ages. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> it reminds me of that, you, cool. you know those memes, the, those memes of the uh, DuckTales theme there, where something just starts <laughs> flying. It's like that, the yes. D14. <laughs> yeah. It just takes off. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, D, the D3 is a good one. I have to say, I prefer the mm-hmm. um, funky shaped D3 to the D6 that's just labelled differently. No, that's what I mean. Yeah, the the funny little D, the little like kind of jelly bean type shape. I like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, the jelly bean. Yeah, <laughs> I love the Book of Life. Book of Life's really good. So that's a D, uh, that's a D two. For some reason, Nick calls it the Book of Life um, because it looks like a little book with a one or a two on each side. Yeah, I like those as well. They're cool. Um, have you ever seen a D one? Is it just a dot? Isn't it just? No, it's a real, it's a real thing. One of our players has got it. I'll tell him. I was going to say I'll tell him to bring it, but you won't see it because we're playing online. Um, it's a Mobius strip, so it's that mathematical shape that only has one side. Yeah. Um, so you roll it. It's always a one. I don't know why it got it. <laughs> it only has one result. So what's the point? You roll a D one. What'd you get? A one. one. <laughs> it's oh, both okay, a crit man. fail and a crit fumble at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sweet. So um, uh, yeah, that's our favourite funky dice. We next one comes in from Stephen Keith. He says, have you ever been so bored that you counted the corners and edges of your dice and then subsequently felt weirdly uncomfortable when you realised that D6s and D8s have the same number of edges? Did the fact that they both have 12 edges somehow break a small part of your brain or did it seem perfectly reasonable to your superior British intellect? <laughs> Stephen. Stephen, what the fuck? He's blown my mind, man. You're, Stephen. You're meant to be Stephen. a talking sword and that's it. Yeah, you've blown, you blown my fucking mind, man. I don't know what to do anymore. I don't really like this question. No, it scares me. It scares me. It does. It kind of makes me. It does. Um, I mean, it icks me out. It does, man. Yeah. It's like we better move on. Martin Punter. Oof, he says, the same number of "Shut it. up, please. Don't remind me." Martin Punter. He says, "Going way back to episode thirty-three, there was a mention of a D twenty light collaborative RPG called Ice or something." Does anyone have a link? As I can't find it, it was the same episode <laughs> you were reviewing some mobile scanning thing. If that helps. Does anybody know what this is about? Oh, is he talking about ICRPG? Yes. Of course he is. Yes. Maybe because uh, it sounds like... We've been thinking about like it for ages. <laughs> Icy. Ice. Icy it's RPG. It's got to be, it? It has to be. Yeah, Icy. Episode 33, core. Let's go back it a bit. It is a D20 light game. Icy. Icy. Fiery RPG. Yeah. It's icy. It is. That is it, yeah. Hey. All right, but what's this fucking mobile scanning shit that we're talking about? Some um, mobile scanning thing, if that helps. No idea. For episode oh, yeah. 33 is going back some. Yeah, sorry about that. The, the quality of those ones. <laughs> sorry about the quality of this one, actually. It's got his. Um, um, we got one last question from Owen Lean. He simply says, What the hell is wrong with you? A lot. Well, many things. <laughs> yeah, which you Listen, a lot of therapists have been paid a lot of money to find that out, and if they can't, then nobody's going to figure it out, so <laughs> shut up. There. All right, let's do an outro, shall we? Let's. Maybe we should go. That senior warned us about playing RPGs. Why would you listen to him? He's a fucking idiot. Come on, let's play. After all, what did he say would happen? You want to answer that one, Debbie? Mike said that once we start, we won't want to stop. That's true of eating, drinking, and other things as well. Yeah, but you didn't have to say it in that creepy way. Come on, I'm trying to get Debbie into RPGs. This, is, this isn't helping. Come on, all right, go away, Sheila. Come on. 
Surely I can't be of any harm to- Look, what did I just say? Come on, shut up. Go away. Go, go, go over there. Go over I there. hope you are not disrespecting Mistress Frost. You too, Mike? Why, why are you speaking like that? Come on. Stop taking this shit too seriously. Let's, let's just play some fucking RPGs. Come on. Alright, don't forget that this fucking podcast was sponsored by Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com and use the promo code 3TRPG. And of course, the little book of battle mats from Loki. These guys are fucking cool. Get Shave your balls, do it. Use your battle map while you're doing it. Like yes, it, who cares? You can shave it onto it, wipe it clean. It's all good. <laughs> I was worried, though, that when we got this sponsor that people might think it was a joke. But I think the the, the guy who, who messaged us to sponsor us, obviously, he knows. He picked the right team. Yeah. If there's yeah. anybody on the internet that's willing to talk about balls, it's us. Definitely us. If you want to contact us, just hit up 3TRPGpod at gmail.com or go on to the Facebook, our Twitter. We're also, you know, on YouTube as well, obviously. Um, so, yeah, check those out. And obviously go to Drive Through RPG and check out 3TRPG Publishing. we got a couple of uh, light and uh, cheap products for you there to support the show and also get a little product for your shel- shelf as well. And um, we've also got a Patreon. So head over there, search us up, and donate if you want to be part of our dark army. And I've been Harrison Hunt. I've been Nick Lambslice. And I've been Jimmy Jambo, McGee, McGee, Clark. <laughs> and remember that D20s are cool, but 20Ds, now that's a good time.